Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hey everybody, welcome back for episode 65 of Lymphedema Podcast. We are continuing our education for Lymphedema Awareness Month, and I want to read to you a blog post from a primary lymphedema patient, Olivia Eggers. Olivia participated in our World Lymphedema Day live virtual hangout on March 6th, and she was the recipient of one of our prizes. I went on to find her on Instagram, and she's a really talented and beautiful piano player. And I saw that she had a post about primary lymphedema. And with her permission, I asked that I could share her entry in the form of a podcast. While that's not typically what a blog is used for, I can't help but think that this is the cry of many of you out there. You share these similar experiences and I want to share her words with you so that you can find community. So you can hear the words of another lymphedema patient to know that you're not alone. After all, that's what lymphedema awareness is about. And lymphedema awareness is not confined to the 31 days of March or March 6th every year. It's 365 days a year. So I want to share with you the words of Olivia. Her blog post is titled, My Life is a Playground Monster by Olivia Eggers. My body has never been my own. It has always been the property of those around me to take advantage of to their heart's content. I have been poked, hit, kicked, tripped, touched inappropriately, ogled at, and whispered about for as long as I can remember. When I was 16, two drunk upperclassmen followed me to my bus stop after school, all while making loud, nasty comments about my body and how I could barely walk as I hurried to escape them. This experience was not out of the ordinary, and I will likely continue to have experiences like this because of the way my body looks. I was born with primary lymphedema, a lymphatic condition that prevents the proper drainage of lymph fluid throughout my body. The lymphatic system is blocked up, prompting an excess of swelling around my body, predominantly in my legs, arm, and face. It is a physically painful, 
and emotionally exhausting condition that comes with a variety of risks and related illnesses. There are not a lot of readily available resources for those with primary lymphedema. Most research and writing done in this field is for those who develop secondary lymphedema, lymphedema caused by other health issues, most commonly breast cancer. In addition, most of the resources focus exclusively on the medical aspects of lymphedema and fail to address the psychological, emotional distresses of the condition. I have never, in my 23 years, read a story that's similar to my own. So I'm writing this today with the hope that some young girl with lymphedema will read this and feel a little more seen. Being a kid who had a left leg that was three times the average size was not an easy existence. People are afraid of the unknown, and what could be more unknown than a rare lymphatic condition? Kids were cruel, and adults were no better. My elementary school classmates were creative in how they isolated me. Games of monster, during which the other kids ran from me, were common. My peers were convinced my condition was contagious. It's not and they shielded away from all physical interaction with me. I was six years old, and I was already more than aware that I was an other. To be touched by me was to be infected with something shameful and grotesque. Still, I chased the other kids despite knowing that my participation further enabled their perception of me as an alien. It was torture, but I just wanted to be included. To say adults were no better is the understatement of the century. While adults were not running from me in childish games, they were still isolating me in their own harmful ways, often drawing unwanted attention to my body, usually out of concern and ignorance. Unfamiliar playground aides would come up to me at recess and yank, yes, yank, at my swollen hand to examine it. They would ask with plenty of fear in their voice, What's wrong with you? Which is never a terrific question for a person, especially a young, disabled girl. I was too ashamed of my lymphedema to respond coherently, prompting many unnecessary visits to the nurse. My parents had to train me to say I was born this way. When others would ask questions about my body, my parents had to train me to say I was born this way. When others would ask me questions about my body, that statement helped prevent the needless trips to the nurse, but did not stop the bullying nor the shame that I felt. To answer one question about my condition often led to a barrage of uncomfortable, invasive follow-ups. As I grew up, I found solace in some of my teachers, opting to spend breaks in their classrooms where I was safe from whatever torment awaited me on the playground or in the cafeteria. I spent a lot of time reading finding comfort in fictional characters and barking on heroic adventures. Books provided havens to escape to, where I dreamed that characters like Annabeth Chase or Hermione Granger or Maggie Fulchart would accept me with open arms. Hiding my body became the most effective strategy to avoid torment. No matter the weather, I wore jeans that covered my compression stockings and further disguised the swelling in my legs. I learned to keep my left hand, my more affected hand, out of sight at all times. I quit team sports in middle school 
partially due to the lack of interest, but mostly because team uniforms, particularly the athletic shorts, were far too revealing of my insecurities. I stopped putting my hair up and instead allowed it to dangle in front of my face at all times. Family members and teachers would comment with frustration on how they could never see my face, and I would feel such an intense amount of relief. They couldn't see my enlarged cheeks that were swelled up to my eyes and elicited oinks from Holly bullies. Good. That's how I wanted it to be. For photos that were taken of me, I hid my arms behind my back and made sure that my face was obscured. I was as invisible as I could get. The one place that I could not be invisible was the doctor's office. The majority of the primary care doctors that I have seen have had no prior knowledge of lymphedema. My parents or I would have to explain my condition and medical history. Most doctors were neither receptive nor helpful, and some were very critical. Time-consuming, expensive, and physically demanding treatment options were recommended to manage my physical care, but not once did any doctor ask how I was doing emotionally. I was a guinea pig. They were keen to poke and prod with no regard for my mental and emotional health. My experience with the medical system has been overwhelmingly negative. While I do not believe that all doctors are bad, I have met some phenomenal providers. I do believe that the medical system is inherently ableist and unempathetic. Almost every doctor appointment I have plays out akin to an intense job interview where I have to defend myself for being me. Many medical professionals take issue with my body, particularly my weight. When I was 15, I went to see my primary care doctor for a routine checkup and the normal tasks of taking my weight height occurred. My doctor turned to me after calculating my body mass index, BMI, and informed me that based off BMI standards, I was morbidly obese. I asked her if my lymphedema could be part of the reason for my BMI as I have a ton of excess water weight that simply never goes away. She told me that my condition only accounted for a few extra pounds and the problem laid in my eating exercise habits. Ironically, before this appointment, this doctor had never even heard of lymphedema. How could she had so confidently known how many pounds my condition added to my body? Nevertheless, her words stuck with me and spurred an eating disorder that I still struggle with eight years later. When I look back on these memories, I don't feel angry at any of the individuals who treated me poorly. I cannot blame them for simply behaving as our society teaches. We as people are so afraid of anything that's not familiar that anything unknown threatens to dismantle the social boxes we've constructed for ourselves. But to be different is not negative. It's the way that we view differences that can be negative. If we want to make changes as a society, we all have an obligation to try to unlearn the behaviors we've retained that are discriminatory and prejudiced. We all have internalized ableism along with so many other isms, that we need to acknowledge and work to quiet. Just becoming aware of those self-contained isms is a first step to living a more accepting, kind life. Throw away your ideas of normalcy and open yourself up to new perspectives. We are all capable of being so much better. And to the little girl out there with lymphedema, you are not alone.
and you are capable of so much more than people give you credit for. Your body is yours and yours alone and deserves all of the love that it can get. Be your most authentic self, no matter what those around you think, because being true to yourself, messed up lymphatic system and all, is a form of everyday resistance. I really hope that you all enjoyed that blog entry by Olivia. It can be found on literallydarling.com. I will also post the link in today's blog post. On World Lymphedema Day, during the segment with Bisa, Deborah, and Amanda, the three women from Canada, we hit on the topic of comparison within the community of the lymphedema community. And something I just read in this blog post has struck me all over again, and I want to share it with you. Olivia writes, We as people are so afraid of anything that's not familiar that anything unknown threatens to dismantle the social boxes we've constructed for ourselves. But to be different is not negative. It's the way that we view differences that can be negative. I hope for anyone who's listening to this today and the months and the years to come that this podcast is available to them. I hope that whenever you hear these words, you break the box that you've built around yourself and stop viewing your lymphedema as negative or other or ugly because it's not. You're not. I hope that this encourages you. And I, I really, I'm, I'm not trying to bring the mood down. This is one of my more serious podcast episodes. But I feel like it's so important to share this message. Because just like Olivia says, she's writing this because she had never heard a story that matched hers. And she's hoping that this reaches the ears of another little girl with lymphedema that needs to hear it. And as I was reading her words, I was thinking of many little girls with lymphedema. As the director of Camp Watch Me, I have the privilege of working with these kids, seeing their parents and meeting these kids firsthand. And I never want them to feel like the monster on the playground. Lymphedema Podcast is supported by Bryland's Feet Foundation, Juzo, and Medi USA. Learn more about each sponsor on our website, lymphedemapodcast.com, and listen to their episodes while you're there. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship in a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed hearing Olivia Egger's blog post about living with primary lymphedema. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.